Kiwi Rail is beginning the process of cancelling its contract with an overseas boat builder for two new inter-islander ferries. Now, the government declined a request for more funding to buy the ferries and the upgrade of two ports late last year. Kiwi Rail is now seeking to terminate that contract. Finance Minister Nicola Willis uh, is with us now. Kia ora, good morning. Kia ora, good morning, Corin. Yeah, just first, I wonder, you will be keeping a very close watch. I imagine this is a local operation in Christchurch with the fire, but the government would have a pretty keen interest with civil defence. Are, are you seeing, from what you're seeing so far, this is in hand for a lo- for the local authorities? Look, we are watching it very closely. I've spoken this morning with Emergency Management Minister Mark Mitchell, who is on the ground uh, at the uh, emergency centre. Uh, He tells me that our emergency personnel are doing an incredible job. Uh, They've managed to ensure there has been no loss of life or injury uh, at this point, and that's how we all want to see it stay. I know this will be a cause of real anxiety for people in the area, but just keep listening to those instructions, follow those instructions, and I'm sure we all wish our first responders all the very best as they fight that fire today. Indeed. All right, Kiwi Rail. Can you give New Zealanders an assurance they'll have a functioning ferry service in three three or so years' time when the current ferries are no longer fit for purpose? They will have something that will be reliable, safe, and and well-functioning? Yes, I can. And I'd point out to you, Corin that as we uh, talk today, there are two ferry services that cross the strait. There's the Kiwi Rail Inter-Island service and there's also the Blue Bridge service, which runs an efficient service without a single dollar of taxpayer money. Okay. Can you also give New Zealanders an assurance that we will continue to have rail services interconnected between the South and North Island? Because if you move to a situation where you're offloading, you don't have a rail-capable ferry, that's going to diminish rail in this country, isn't it? Uh, look, no, I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. It is absolutely the case that we need to be able to move freight off trains and onto ferries and to have an efficient system for doing that because we want to continue to see really good rail freight options in both the North and South Island and therefore a connection between the two islands. But that doesn't necessarily mean trains rolling onto ferries. It could mean containers being taken off train carriages and then being put onto the ferries. There are a number of options, and we want to keep all options on the table so that we're delivering a safe, reliable service. It's going to be a lot harder, isn't it, to find a replacement ferry that you can roll trains onto. So you might run into a situation where we don't have that in the future. Is that a possibility? Absolutely, that's a possibility. We're putting all options on the table, uh, and it is your right to identify much easier to find ferries Uh, that uh, aren't rail-enabled in that way. There's a lot more options on the table uh, if we don't uh, have that requirement. Given that, and that that would cost more, could we end up in a situation where you end up paying almost the same as the cost of these new ferries anyway? By the time you've bought new ferries and you add in those added costs... Well, what had really blown out the costs of Project IREX, which had quadrupled in cost from the original business case, wasn't actually the price of the ships. It was the price of the portside infrastructure. The ships themselves were only 20% of the cost, but because they were uh, so large, much, much larger than the existing ferries, they were going to require a huge investment in different infrastructure at the port. And importantly, infrastructure that other port users wouldn't have had use of. So we want to make sure that the investments we're making work for all port users uh, and that they're a logical investment. Uh, And so actually you've got to look at the infrastructure alongside the ships and not just think about the ships.
Kiwi Rail. Uh, they're also obviously in, in the gun at the moment in Auckland over the Auckland Transport Rail situation. Do you have confidence in the management and board of Kiwi Rail? I do. They will be fronting up to a parliamentary select committee today uh, for three hours. So they will be asking a lot of questions, answering a lot of questions about their performance, I'm sure. I will also be meeting with the chair and chief executive this afternoon, uh, both to talk to them about what's going on with the trains in Auckland uh, and also to ensure that we're making progress on getting replacement ships so that we have a safe, reliable ferry service into the future. Okay, a couple of other quick issues which I think we need to talk about. Uh, Firstly, urgency, criticism, opposition criticism that your government is pushing through legislation indexing benefits back to inflation that will lead to an increase in child poverty of 7,000. This is according to the regulatory impact statement with the bill. Why are you pushing through a bill like that under urgency given that potential impact? Well, the reason we're doing that urgently is if we didn't make this change ahead of April, then actually benefits would go up by less because as the legislation currently stands, uh, those benefits would be tagged to wage growth, uh, which would mean a lower increase uh, than with the attachment to inflation uh, that we prefer. So we've made a principled decision to make this change ahead of 1 April so that beneficiaries uh, real income. You could allow eroded. You could get it through. It doesn't have to be in one day. I mean, there's opp- this seems to be debated, doesn't it? Well, we've got a very clear mandate to make this change. We campaigned on it. It is a simple legislative measure, uh, and we stand by the policy. The other issue, there's uh, reports with IRD fronting up to Select Committee yesterday that your de- deductibility on Uh, rental properties, the changes you're proposing to make there will be retrospective and then it could in fact mean refunds for some landlords. Is that correct? To be fair to the IRD Commissioner, they were uh, Deputy Commissioner, they were asked to comment on a range of uh, hypothetical scenarios as I understand it. The government hasn't yet announced our uh, policy on interest deductibility. We will do so shortly ahead of the budget and we'll make the details clear well, at that time. The coalition document though quite clearly says that it will be in that year, right? So it has to be, is it, is it retrospective or not? Uh, as you'll appreciate, Corin, uh, the commitment in the coalition document is uh, one line. The details of the policy and how it will be implemented are subject to cabinet is that line ambiguous, and is final it? decisions. Well, the detail that you're asking for and that the commissioner was commenting on yesterday is yet to be considered by cabinet. Uh, when it has been considered, we will announce it. Are you prepared to make a change that will see landlords receive a refund? on interest deductibility? Our intention is to treat uh, the interest cost on mortgages for rental properties the same way those those costs are treated for any other business in New Zealand, which is that they are deductible from those businesses. We're not going to be able to achieve that overnight to get back to 100% uh, deductibility. That's simply not affordable. So it's our intention to phase that in over time. And you're confident... You're comfortable making that change that will benefit landlords at the same time as you're making a change that would see potentially 7,000 more children go into child poverty? I completely reject the assertions in your question. I think that actually ensuring uh, that we aren't adding a huge new cost and post onto landlords this year could actually see tenants benefiting most who might otherwise face uh, steeper 
hikes in their rents. And we are a government that is committed to getting children out of poverty. And I'll tell you the best way we have to do that, and that's to get more parents into work. Because ultimately, a life of benefit dependency is not the best result that we can deliver for children in poverty. Finance Minister Nicola Willis, thank you very much for your time this morning.